0: Welcome to the HCC podcast. Our mission is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for others as the highest goal of humanity. May the following message nurture that love in your life. And remember, you're always welcome at HCC. It's a perfect church for less than perfect people. Peace. Today I'm starting a new mini series, it's a three part series on the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you may be confused because you haven't had much experience with the Holy Spirit. I get that. But this is my opportunity post-Easter to introduce you to the very power source of your life. And that is the Holy Spirit. The after-Easter life is a life filled with the Holy Spirit, not the world's spirit. Every one of us in this earth are living possessed of one or another spirit. And I mean that. I'm saying that in a real true influence. I'm not it's not theory, it's not some imagination, it's not some hyperbole. Every person on this earth is living under the power and influence of one or another spirit. The Holy Spirit or the world's spirit. The world's strongest power source. The world's spirit strongest power sources are negative, selfishness, greed, status, ambition, comfort, convenience, hurt, bitterness, offense, anxiety, insecurity, etc., drive the world spirit-filled life. The Holy Spirit's strongest power sources are positive, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things that drive the Holy Spirit-filled life. The question for you today, for me today, is what spirit are you most possessed by? What spirit are you most driven by? Is your life, by and large, driven by anxiousness, fear, frustration, Ambition, status, promotion, security. Is that how your your life is driven? Do you wake up in the middle of the night consumed with these types of things? Self-oriented type living. Why me? How come not me? Why them? They did me wrong. On and on and on. This is the world's source of of power for the world spirit filled life on the other hand the Holy Spirit is positive it's love joy peace patience kindness do you wake up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep because you're consumed with a sense of love joy peace patience kindness goodness right We all know, and so this is what I'm saying, there's a very important reality here, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, you know that you are driven by certain things that are power sources rooted in a spirit, the world spirit or the Holy Spirit, what is driving your life? Here's the big idea of today's sermon. The big idea of this series is this, the Holy Spirit is the animating agent of human life the animating agent of human life any aspect of human life empty of the holy spirit is dead why because the world's spirit fills in and corrupts it and kills it if you're not full of the holy spirit you are full of the world's spirit there is no other way to exist in this earth as a human being except in that dichotomy now what do i mean by animated are we to be cartoonish are we christian looney tunes look around are we not christian well oh, okay I don't mean to be offensive, but are we, are we Christian Looney Tunes? Is that what I'm talking about regarding animation? Let's define the word animate. Animate, to give life to, to make alive. This is not a phrase that I chose. This is a phrase that the dictionary chose. God animated the dust. We'll get to that in a minute. But animation is to make lively, vivacious, or vigorous, to give zest or spirit to. Another way to put it, her presence animated the party. That's what they mean by someone walking in and lighting up a room, being the life of the party. I often think of animation as power or charged, where we recognize that a vacuum is quite lovely. But if not plugged into the wall, what good is the vacuum? You know, it's just not much good. So I look at it as charged or powered. It's wonderful to have a car. But a car without gas, who's going to want that? It can be a really, really nice car. But without gas, without power, what real good is it? Now, i got to say that something can be charged... Or empowered, or something can be supercharged. Do you know what I mean by that? Something can be charged, or it can be supercharged. There's power, and then there's superpower. What makes for our superhero series? Superhuman power. You can't be a superhero if you don't have superpowers. Nobody wants regular powers, everybody wants superpowers. This is the idea that our whole culture of superpower, superhero type culture is actually based on an innate need for our desire, related to our desire that God has always given human beings to to go beyond regular kind of living to super living. To go beyond natural living to supernatural kind of living. This is in you. It's in me. We want this. It's why we're attracted to movies that talk about superhuman power, supernatural powers. We're enamored by it. There is power, and then there is superpower. Now, here's a way to visualize the contrast between a standard charged soul and a supercharged soul. Let's take a look at these pictures. Now, that is a standard charged soul. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? That is not a standard-charged soul. There is the standard-charged soul, and then there is the super-charged soul. Now, listen to me. Do you see any difference there at all? Do you imagine that your neighbors would notice if you brought one or the other home? If you started one up in the morning and floored it down your street, one of them would sound like, me, <laughs> and the other one would be, bah, 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 you know, it would be just, I mean, just blowing it out. Uh, you know, listen, the reality is that the standard charge engine is nice. It's nice. There's nothing wrong with that. It will get you from point A to point B, but the supercharged engine engine will get you there faster, stronger, and cooler. Agreed? Yes, we recognize there is power and there is superpower. The Holy Spirit wants to animate in a way that supercharges your life. Not just standard charges your life, but supercharges your life. This is often referred to in religious circles as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So on one hand, you can imagine this, the car on the left being a standard Christian life. On the other side, you can imagine a life baptized in the superpower of the Holy Spirit. I'm just trying to set up a contrast for you. You may have been baptized in water, charged, but have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit, supercharged? Now don't get me wrong. When a person becomes a Christian, the Holy Spirit enters their life. It enters their life. The Holy Spirit enters their life. Most of the time, it's really passionate at first. Did you experience that? You became a Christian. You felt this renewal, this this surge. "I I got a new life. And you felt that passion, that joy, that energy, but often... Over time, as the world continues to belabor us, the Holy Spirit is forgotten, fading into the background as the life of busyness takes priority. Did that happen to you? It's happened to me. It seems to me much like a marriage. Now let me say this, a spouse enters your life typically in a very passionate way at first, but often becoming a mere administrative partner in life as the busyness of life just kind of takes over, takes priority. Nice. I I very much appreciate having a partner to help me manage life together and the kids and bills and yard and house. It's very nice to have someone else to lean on and engage. It's very nice. But if it stays that way, it's just not super. And it can remain that way for many married couples until death do they part. Simply existing together in each other's presence, but not having a supercharged relationship. At some point in the relationship, a marriage relationship, a crisis often offers an opportunity for two things, either separation or transformation. If you've been married longer than a few years, you know what it's like to recognize that you come to moments of crises where they could either go in one of two directions, separation or Transformation. Separation occurs if the power source of the relationship is not turned on, the appropriate power source of the relationship. If you move towards the world's source of power, you will move into bitterness and resentment and anger and frustration. And that will lead to further and further separation. But if you turn on the Holy Spirit, if you baptize your marriage in the Holy Spirit, if both of you are dedicated to flipping the switch and charging your relationship with the superpower of the Holy Spirit, that's where it turns to transformation. And often, it's only through a genuine awakening to the potential power that the Holy Spirit offers in a marriage, in a relationship, to transform it rather than to separate it it's when the relationship is transformed into a supercharged experience where truly two become one in other words the power switch is flipped and the relationship enters into a supercharged phase i love to think of this in terms of you're going along just fine but when you hit the nitrous oxide and it, it supercharges the engine all of a sudden boom you are under new power And you don't ever want to supercharge your marriage relationship with bitterness and resentment and anger and selfishness too many marriages are you want to turn towards the holy spirit invite the holy spirit into that relationship like an injector invites that nitrous oxide into that carburetor and into that into those those cylinders and power takes over and it drives you towards transformation not towards separation And when that happens, then a spouse is not just an administrative assistant, a convenient sexual partner, but the spouse becomes your soulmate, supercharging the relationship beyond immature romance to mature real love, where the marriage of two become one is not an add-on type experience, but it becomes the whole part of your life. This is what I mean by supercharging the relationship that you already have with the Spirit of God. Where the relationship between the Holy Spirit and your soul consumes your whole life, not just your religion. Let's look at this from Scripture. Let's put this up on the screen. Soul equals life. Have you ever thought of your experience with Christ this way? Soul equals life. Let's put the Scripture up there. It's Matthew chapter 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. See, that's the fork in the road. You must give up the world's spirit and all the things that drive you, selfishness, ambition, status, promotion, anger, bitterness, resentment, all those types of things that drive you, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. That is a very different way than the way of the world. It's the way of the spirit. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but, love your own soul, but lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? Pay attention to the words life and soul. They are transliterated in the English as two different words, life and and soul the reality is this that the word for life and soul is translated from the same greek word suke meaning that soul equals life here's the problem we don't live our life like our life is our soul too often we live as if our soul is like a barcode and we're just expecting to get it scanned to see if we get in or don't get into heaven The soul is all of you. Jesus is saying here in this passage that the soul and life are equal. The soul is not different than your regular everyday life. Your everyday life is not different than your soul. You don't have soul activities and secular activities. You have soul activities and soul activities. They are the same thing. We bring that together, it ties everything about us together, our thoughts, our emotions, our bodies, our souls are intimately connected, are intended to be the nexus, the epicenter of where the Holy Spirit manages, directs, guides, empowers our life. It's the circuit box where the power of God comes in and distributes that power to every outlet in our life, not just our religious outlets. Our emotions, our bodies, our ambitions, our loves, everything is to be powered by the Holy Spirit through your soul. But unfortunately, we live in compartments, the compartments of sports, where we go over here and we do sports. We go over here, we do our career. We go over here, we do our family. We go here and we do church. Oh, that's where we engage our soul, but not hobbies. Fishing has nothing to do with soul, You know, car mechanics has nothing to do with soul. I go to church, I read my Bible. That's soul stuff. This is secular stuff. Nothing could be further from the truth in the Christian experience. It antichrist to think of your life as broken up into all these different compartments or just a divide between the sacred and the secular. God never intended human life to be that way. The Spirit intends to transform your whole life, not just your religious compartment. What's the big idea of our sermon today? The big idea is that this—the Holy Spirit—is the animating agent of human life. Any aspect of human life empty of the Holy Spirit, including your accounting, your money, your vacuuming, your food preparation, your grilling, your eating, your drinking—anything absent from the Holy Spirit is dead. How many areas of your life are dead right now? Is your money dead? Is your work dead? Is your career dead? Is your marriage dead? Is your sexuality dead? Is, is, your, is your walking around everyday life, most of it, dead because you have not invited or allowed the Holy Spirit to flip the switch and empower that outlet in your life? This is the opportunity to the supercharge life. And it requires us to engage the Holy Spirit. We need to get to know the Holy Spirit as the animator of all of our life if we want the abundant life that Jesus spoke of. Do you remember that passage? I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And we say, yes, Lord. But then we walk away and don't even consider the Spirit in our sexuality. We don't even consider the Spirit in our entertainment. We don't even invite the Spirit into our 3 a.m. internet searches. We don't do that. We don't invite the Holy Spirit into our anger. We don't invite the Holy Spirit into our bitterness. We, we don't invite the Holy Spirit into our accounting, our plumbing, our home improvement jobs, our cutting of the grass, our changing of diapers, our writing of papers, our taking tests. We don't invite the Holy Spirit into all of it. We just think we're on our own over there. Inviting the Holy Spirit in living a holistic life this takes Conditioning ourselves to invite the Holy Spirit into the whole of our life So how do we invite the Holy Spirit into this role? well Like the Father and the Son the Holy Spirit is a person. How do you get to know a person? You spend time together You get in their presence you learn them you, you, you interact, you talk, you dialogue. You, you fuss with each other. You work through conflict together. You, you engage disappointment. You share deep things about yourself as you get to know someone. Oh, this is exactly how you get to know the Holy Spirit. John 14, 15. If you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. It doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Notice the difference. With you now, later in you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. This is the word of the Lord so jesus said that the holy spirit would not only be with us but in us which is how it was supposed to be from the very beginning let's look at this rapid fire genesis chapter one verse one in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the waters and the spirit of god was hovering over the surface of the waters this is the holy spirit with us the holy spirit is god Omnipresent, everywhere, at all times. You have never, ever, the moment you were conceived, been out of the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has always been with you. The question is whether or not the Holy Spirit is in you. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life. That word breath of life there is the word in the Hebrew, ruach. It means spirit of God, Holy Spirit. He breathed the Holy Spirit, not air, not air. Later on in Genesis 9, it talks about animals having the, the, the spirit of life in them. That's simply, that's the word for air. The word here is the very presence of God, the very spirit of God. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and that man became a living Person, dust the physical breath the spiritual became one like every marriage is intended to be genesis 1 the holy spirit was with us genesis 2 the holy spirit is in us what happened in genesis 3 yeah it didn't last did it we chose the spirit of the world we chose that we wanted to go in our own way and what happened we got the breath of life knocked out of us and we died to god we died you might say no they didn't they continued on we're here today we didn't die we died to god death occurred when the spirit of god left human beings when they chose to live with the spirit of the world in them rather than the holy spirit Because of sin, we are now again physical dust without spiritual breath of life. Let me be very clear. When a person becomes a Christian, meaning they recognize who Jesus is and what Jesus did for them on Easter, they are resurrected or resuscitated spiritually when God breathes into them the life-giving spirit. That happens when a person becomes a Christian. But unfortunately, many Christians consider becoming a Christian an end and not a beginning. They come to the altar, they get their barcode, and they look forward to Peter scanning them at the pearly gates. This is the idea that most Christians have. I- I'm saved, I'm good, I don't have nothing else really to think about, I just go live my life. This is living a life as a Christian without flipping the switch of power in your life regarding the Holy Spirit. Often becoming a Christian means, for many Christians, that God kind of cleans up our life. It does some behavioral modification, if you will, when they were bad before Christ. Anybody ever use that language? My BC days, my before Christ days, and our after Christ days. That just simply means that we kind of cleaned up our life. We got got nice, and we stopped doing bad things, so to speak. Before Christ, we were bad. After Christ, we're good, and this is nice, but it's not the point of being born again. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. And the way we live this resurrected life is to turn on the life-giving power of the Spirit within us. What's our big idea today? The Holy Spirit is the animating agent of human life. Any aspect of human life empty of the Holy Spirit is dead. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit is no longer with you but actually enters into your soul. All the power to live this holistic, spirit filled life, this abundant life that Jesus talked about, is right there within you. Have you flipped the switch to turn on the spirit within you? Have you flipped the switch? Okay, let's take a look. See if we, Billy Joe, if you can get me doing this. Uh, okay, human being. Human being. Empty of power. There's no power in this. I can push the button all I want, but it's not going to turn on because there's no power inside, okay? You with me? Human being without without the spirit of life. Spirit of life. We're born again. Spirit of life is in us. Can someone who's mechanical come up here and help me with it? I'm just kidding. I'll eventually get it. Christian, Christian, filled, see, no longer empty. Power, inside, it's a great, great experience. How's this gonna help you in the dark? It's just like, that. how's this help you in the dark? This is, this is the way most Christians live. Power source inside, they just never think to actually engage the power source and flip the switch. Did it work? No. See? Okay, I'm feeling like you're patronizing me right now. You're just (laughs) making me feel better. Okay, most Christian lives, power source inside, but no, no real light shining. Christian, getting in touch with the power source inside of them, power. Light, shining, yes. Same thing, same illustration. That I love this tool. This is, a, this is a multi-tool. And in this multi-tool, uh, this is like a human being, okay? It's a really, really nice tool. And, and here's the spirit, the power source that God has provided for life. Now, becomes a Christian. Christian. I use this tool, to grind out every line of grout in my master bathroom. I did, my wife made me. <laughs> so you can use this tool like this. You can use this tool by, by I could have ground out every line of grout, every little tiny stinking grout. Sorry, honey, I just came out. Anyway, you know, you can use your own power to be able to grind it out, and that's what most Christians do. They live their whole life trying to grind out their faith, to grind out their life under their own power. Oh, God, help me, but I'll do it, and I'll just work myself to death trying to white-knuckle my faith and, and wrench it through and power it through and... And we never think to recognize that God's provided the power. All we need to do is get in touch with it so we can flip the switch. It's a lot easier with the power running. It's a lot easier to live under the influence of the power than to try to work so hard through the Christian life. I really want to encourage you to turn on the power, to no longer live your life imagining that the Holy Spirit is here, that the Holy Spirit is in your Bible, that the Holy Spirit is in prayer, and somehow not in your cubicle at work, that somehow the Holy Spirit is not in your truck at work, that it is not in your office, it's not on the road, in the hotel room, it's not you know, in, in the kitchen, that the Holy Spirit is somewhere different. The Holy Spirit's here at church. I want to encourage you. That's living a life without flipping the switch of power in your life. Do you want to turn on the power of the Spirit in your life? If you do, I want to lead you in a prayer right now that will, if you believe it and if you really mean it and if you're really going to open yourself to the reality of the Holy Spirit in every aspect of your life and you're really truly going to work to condition yourself and practice the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, if you want to turn on the Spirit in your life, let me lead you in a prayer that will flip the switch and invite the Holy Spirit to baptize you, to animate you, to supercharge you. Just close your eyes and let's pray right now just follow my lead and own these words if this is you Holy Spirit I no longer want to live under the power of the world spirit I no longer want to be driven by selfish motives by ambition and power and a drive to to promotion and bitterness and rage and anger and frustration and anxiety and fear i don't want to be driven or powered anymore by these things would you exercise holy spirit the world spirit out of me perform an exorcism on me that the world spirit might be exercised from me And the demons of anxiety and fear and bitterness and resentment and rage and offense and sensitivity be exercised from my my life, my soul. And Holy Spirit, right now I am opening myself to you to fill out into my life. No longer do I want to keep you in the compartment of religion. No longer do I want to keep you in the little compartment of church or Bible reading or prayer. But right now, God, I'm asking you, I want to release my work to the filling of your Spirit. I want to release you into my sexuality. I want to release you into my marriage. Release you into my speech. Release you, Holy Spirit, into my attitudes, my opinions, my dispositions. I'm releasing you, Holy Spirit. Fill me in every area of my being. In Jesus' name. I pray.